I want to get to my sermon. I really wanted to get to this at some point. If I sit here and just talk, we'll, we'll never get to it. Uh, squirrel. I was, oh, kids, kids, get out of here. Dawn's in the back. Man, it's been a long time. I, I've had a lot of other people preach. Thank you, by the way, to everybody um, that spoke. Uh, Brian last week, and then uh, Andrew, and everybody else, whoever else spoke. Uh, love you guys. I listen to y'all. If I wasn't here, I listen to the podcast. If I was here, I listen to the podcast again. Um, uh, and actually, there's a couple quotes I'll quote even Brian from last week in here that was really good. And some of what he said kind of sparked what I'm going to talk about today. It was already kind of on my heart. And some of the things, that's what's great about hearing uh, different people speak and, and hearing from different people's hearts. Um, it's awesome because it just, it, it, his Holy Spirit speaks to my Holy Spirit. And, and it resonates, yeah, it's a symp- sympathetic resonance. We know that. So um, it's cool to be on the receiving end of it some and being able to sit down there and listen to you guys speak. So um, it's really cool. And thank you so much for giving us the opportunity for Tracy and I. We were gifted a, a, a hotel stay at the Grand across the bay. And so we got to go over there and pretend like we were wealthy and... <laughs> walk around and listen to conversations like, is this how rich people talk? That's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, y'all said y'all said something. Uh, y'all said squirrel a minute ago. I was working on the house uh, day before yesterday, and I was literally distracted by a squirrel. I didn't realize until I was walking back because I saw a squirrel go up, and I thought he had a mouse in his mouth. I was like, squirrels don't eat mice. i got to go investigate. So I walked all the way out there and watched, and it ended up just being a pine cone. On the way back, I was like, I was just literally distracted by a squirrel. <laughs> For like five minutes, I was staring to see what he was eating. All right. I digress. Um, oh, man. Uh, something, I've talked about this in the past, and I'm going to take a little bit different angle, but it's, it's about the same subject, subject about hearing from God. One of the biggest hurdles and one of the, the, the biggest, uh, most common conversations I have with people when I was a youth pastor with youth and even as an adult with, with Christians that come and talk to me about hearing from God how do you hear from God? What, is, what does it sound like? How do I determine what he's saying? How do I determine if it's me just being crazy and voices in my head or if it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me? And if, if anyone has not struggled with this, raise your hand. That was like a trick question. I've struggled with it and tried to figure out what it is. Now, what I've found in my own experience and what, what, what's interesting about the way the Lord works with me sometimes is I read scripture all the time, but a lot of times I'll experience something and I'll go back and read scripture about it and it confirms what I'm experiencing. I know it's a little bit of a backwards way of doing it, um, but I love how gracious the Lord is in helping me through some of those situations. Well, you guys know a lot of my history and how I strived and, and prayed and came to the altar and confessed sins that I thought I might have had just to, to gain something, some kind of favor or gift or whatever. And I, I've been through those, those cycles and realized that I can rest and it's okay. And in the same way with prayer and communication and hearing from God, I found that to be true as well. What I found is when I'm uh, struggling and fighting to try to hear from God, I don't hear anything. Have you all ever experienced that? Why aren't you speaking? Like, I really want you to. I need to hear you for this specific thing, and I don't hear anything. But what I found is the times when I just wake up or I just go to sleep and I'm at rest or I'm driving because I drive a lot with my, my job, I hear, I hear from them. Have you all experienced that? Is this common? Okay. I, I, that's, that's great. <laughs> That's great because it's true and it's scriptural too. It's, it's in those places of rest that we can actually hear from the Lord. And now what's cool about that is, <laughs> I don't know how this got worked into to church because this was kind of the way it was taught, that it was, that it was kind of a struggle to hear from God, that we really did have to work up to it. Um, and that he wouldn't speak if, if we had doubt or if we had frustrations or if we were you know unsure. Like it all depended on us, right? <laughs> and so I remember going through some of those, those church services and going, man, this is a really dysfunctional relationship I have with the Lord, and I'm failing miserably constantly. 
Um, and y'all heard from Brian last week, and he went through some of those cycles too. Um, he did it a little earlier than I did because he grew up in church, but I did it after I got saved when I was 20 and trying to figure out this whole thing. And nothing felt right, and the reason it didn't feel right is because that's not how we're designed. Listen, you were designed by a designer. You were, you were made for a purpose, and that's to have continual communion with the Lord and continual relationship with people around you. It works both ways, and they're tied together. What's, what's interesting is we've somehow, somehow we think it's very difficult to hear from the Lord. It's not difficult at all. Well, hopefully y'all can rest a little bit in that. It's not difficult at all. You were designed. It's in your DNA. Brian talked about last week Spider-Man when he was learning how to do all these things. Listen, when you, when you and the Lord became one, when you came together in communion, you now are, are he's in your DNA. You have had a blood transfusion. I've, I've heard of uh, generational uh, curses and we need to pray away. Listen, you have generational blessings, all of them. All things are found in Christ and Christ is in you and you were blessed in every way. So whatever whatever traits you think you may have inherited, good or bad from your parents, listen, those ha- have changed. Those have radically changed. I used to tell the youth all the time, don't put too much emphasis on your personality. Your personality can change. <laughs> mine, mine has several times. You say, well, I can't do that. Okay, that's cute. You don't know what you can do. You have no idea what you can do. Listen, I'm 41 now, and I still have no idea what, what the Lord's going to do in and through me, whether I'm a pastor or doing anything else. Listen, it's a continual growth process, not... Not growth in that I'm necessarily getting like I'm. <laughs> I like some of the terms, and he didn't. Brian didn't rest on them enough because I think they're funny. Have you ever heard the terms a big Christian? I always imagine like this giant Stay puff Christian. Like, oh, this like somebody talks about somebody else. He's a real big Christian. Really? <laughs> what does that mean? Or uh, they're further along in their walk, you know? Or they're a mature Christian. And there's all these terms we use. And there's not to say that we don't grow in maturity because we do. But there's a <laughs> there's a misconception in that that. When you place yourself away from those things, you distance yourself from the Lord. When we begin to use terms like that so freely, especially in church amongst ourselves, we begin to break up a relationship that God's trying to continually mend and keep together. So we can't, we can't use this terminology. Even jokingly, we have to be careful with this. We can use this terminology that God's so distant. He's not distant at all. God is speaking all the time. He doesn't shut up. <laughs> he has lots to say. It's in the definition. He is the word. <laughs> like he's not, he's not ceased. Now what happened... A long time ago is that people got way off base and they began to say, well, I hear from the Lord and began to get away from Scripture and it got real bad. And what people did is they reacted to that. And usually when you react to a problem, you create another problem. And that's what happened is they said, okay, well, nobody can hear from the Lord. We just need to stick. We have the word and that's all we need. We just need this. And we do need this. But it's not either or, it's both and. Listen, when I read Scripture, I read until, (laughs) how to put this, I read until my heart jumps. If that makes any sense. Until something connects. I go, oh, that's good. i got to hang out here. Like it's written just to me, right? Just to you, right? That's the living word. We, we don't serve a, a dead historic God. We serve a living God. This is why I said it's, it's to your benefit that I leave so that I can send my Holy Spirit and you can all have me with you all the time. This is huge. He would not go, he, God would not go through the trouble of sending his son to die for our sins to ascend and send the Holy Spirit so that we could be confused about what the Holy Spirit's saying. That's on, on the very basic level, that's illogical. And I think God gave us a brain, so he's probably pretty smart. So he knows what you run on. Cars run on gas. We run on Holy Spirit. It's, it's very basic. He designed you to hear from the Holy Spirit. Rest in that. Rest in that. Now, should you listen to everything that, that comes into your head? No. Scripture has two different instances. We talked about this morning when we were in my office just kind of talking back and forth. There's one scripture that says, take every thought captive, and there's another one that says, don't take thoughts captive. They're not contradictory. They're talking about two different things. 
One was talking about sacrificing to idols, and it's like, don't worry about that stuff. You don't have to worry about that. But this, you need to, you need to take this thought captive. And what he's saying is, you'll know. <laughs> Listen, my kids know right from wrong. Before I ever taught them, they pretty much had a grasp of it. Now, there are things that I taught them, but they know. And I would, I, I would, be, I would insult your intelligence to say that you don't know right from wrong. I mean, on a basic level, on a moral level, culturally, you know right from wrong. Listen, if, you, if we were to depend on just a law to keep us in, in check, we can go to the Levitical law if we want to go all the way back that far. If we want to go to a set of rules or regulations or something that can keep us in check, we can, we can either go to Scripture to find it or we can go to an outward source to find it. And, and any of those things can constrain us for a time and may actually benefit our lives for a time. I'm not saying they're all bad, but here's what it can't do. It can't give us life. Law could never give us life. Jesus was the only one that could give us something the law couldn't give us. Now, the cool thing about that is it's relational. Something Mark said years ago, my pastor, the pastor that founded this church, talked about how paramount relationship was. And I was, I was a jerk know-it-all, and I, and I raised my hand and kind of argued with him about it, and I didn't think it was. I, I was. I was incorrect, but I thought I was correct at the time. Now, having grown up a little bit and understanding clear and getting the revelation how, how relationship is paramount in this, and the reason is, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, the reason is that, that um, let me stop there. Let's get to this, okay. It's not difficult to hear the voice of the Lord. I'm getting way off my notes, but. Um, <clears throat> actually, I'm not. I just went through them and I didn't even look at them. All right, uh, I'm not going to go through the, the whole scripture of, of Matthew 14, 24. If you want to go back there, you can. Uh, it's basically Peter walking on water and, and calling out to, uh, Jesus was calling out to them, well, and when they first came out, you know, it was a storm. They were all freaked out and everything. And then, and then what they all agreed to was a ghost began to speak to them. They're like, oh, this is a ghost walking on water towards us. And they're like, oh, this is a ghost. <laughs> so the ghost begins to speak to him. And he's like, uh, we're not sure what's going on here. And he says, okay, if you're really Jesus, tell me, to, tell me to come out on the water. Now, what's interesting about this is if the ghost is speaking, a ghost could have said walk out on the water, right? <laughs> I mean, it could have. He's, if there's already a ghost speaking... What's to say that it wouldn't just be a deceiving ghost to say, come out and walk on water? Here's what I think. I think Peter recognized in his heart who it was speaking to him. Now, we all recognize voices, right? We understand if I hear you know, somebody in another room, I know, okay, I know who that person is, right? We, we, we recognize voices outwardly, but inwardly, all of us are here, or most of us, if not all of us are here, is because we've heard the Lord speak to us in our heart. Listen, the Word of God pierces our hearts. It's not just an audible outside voice. This is part of what what of our confusion is with uh, hearing from the Lord is, I want to hear you. I want to hear you outwardly, physically, when he's speaking from spirit to spirit. We don't look outwardly for something that's happened inwardly. Does that make sense? In the same way, Peter's saying, if it's you, tell me to walk out on water. What he recognizes is not just that some ghost is telling him to walk out on water, but it is the one that he knows and the voice that he recognizes, right? Okay, now I trust. Now I walk out on the water. This is the difference in recognizing God's voice. It the word that the word of God, the word that is God, pierces our hearts. It's the truth. It re- we talk about sympathetic resonance. It resonates. You play a key on a piano over here. There's a piano over there. You hit that key, and that chord begins to vibrate to the same key. It's it's like it's tuned in. Does that make sense? Um, John ten twenty seven says, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me." Listen, we are sheep. Bye. <laughs> we are sheep. 
And our shepherd loves us, and he will leave the 99 for the one. He will come after us, and he is searching and desiring to know us. Just even during worship, the Lord was showing me how much he cared for this woman that just wanted to be healed, that he wanted her to know who he was and that he loved her. Listen, that is the type of relationship that God wants us to have with him, and he wants us to have with other people as well. And the only way, just like <clears throat> just like Brian was talking about last week, the only way we can distribute is if we receive. That's why we're an R&D church. We're conduits of God's love and grace and truth. We receive it, and then we give it out. And this is on a personal level. This isn't just on Sundays in a building or on Wednesdays. This is life. This is how we operate. This is source. We get life. We give life. All right, 1 Corinthians 2.9. This is where we're going to hang out a little bit. And uh, I'm an NIV. I don't know if you've got digital Bibles or if you want to follow along in a different translation, that's fine. It's 1 Corinthians 2.9 is where we're going to start. <clears throat> it says, What no eye has seen... What no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived. Uh, and he's quoting Isaiah 64, 4 there. What no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So God is reveal, revealing something to us by his spirit. What is he revealing? Apparently it's something that no eye has seen, <laughs> no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived. So there's something supernatural happening when when... The Lord is speaking to us. It's beyond our own understanding. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Verse 11, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught, taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept these, the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and can understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Let's stop there. The problem with us striving really hard to hear from God is that we're, we're, we're trying to rely on ourselves to hear from God instead of relying on Him to speak to us. We can't put, we can't put so much faith in our hearing and not our faith in his speaking. A, a good example of this is if I had a son or a daughter that was hard of hearing, say they were, you know, 85, 90% deaf, would I criticize them for being hard of hearing or would I speak louder, <laughs> right? Or would I find a way to communicate? Me being an earthly father, how much greater is our father to speak to us? He's not having an issue with you <laughs> at all. He can speak how you can hear him. This is why relationship is paramount because when the way, and this goes back to what Brian was talking about too. The way that we receive is the way that we give. So if we need patience, God's got to give us patience so that we can have patience to give other people patience. If, if there are times in our lives when God needs to whisper, he'll whisper. He's gentle. He's a lion and a lamb. <laughs> He's gentle. If God needs to, to holler, he can holler. He has every right to crush us if he wants to. I mean, he could obliterate us into dust if he wanted to. He has that power. But if he needs to jump in front of us and scream at us, there may be times that he needs to do that. We don't discount that. Now, here's what's interesting about that is that when that translates to our relationship with other people, the only way that we can do that is within, within the, the context of relationship. Here's how I know that. <laughs> I've had lots of people jump in front of me and scream. And I didn't listen to a word they said. Right? Why? I don't know you. <laughs> Who are you to tell me? You know what I mean? Not to say God can't use that. He can use a donkey. And he can, most of us were saved under a mixed message, so we can't discount God's ability to use people, but 
I really think that the, the way that the Lord teaches us to, to speak to people is within the context of relationship. Because if you're walking side by side with someone, you know when to whisper and you know when to scream. It's the only way you can know when is if you know what they're going through and what they're dealing with. It, and going back to what we talked about in worship, when we come to those times where we have to have a heart-to-heart talk with our friends, we have to know, they have to know that we care for them before they really begin to listen to us and understand. And I'm telling you, it's so important because when you begin to talk about some of these things, um, the Holy Spirit can use, use those times to begin to move. And you have to know what's going on with that person and know, know where they are in life to be able to speak to what's going on with them. And the Lord will give you the words to say. It's, you don't have to stress about that either. You'll have patience because he has patience with you. And you'll have grace because he had grace with you. And you can give joy because he's given you joy. You see how that works? There's a, you know, I said at the beginning that there's been, I've, I've seen an attack on relationships lately and it, it genuinely breaks my heart like it hurts. And I think the reason is because that's not how God intends it. I think that God intends, and I want to speak, out a little sidebar here. I want to speak to, to married couples specifically. Um, and I could, I could give you scripture too, but I'll just speak, speak from the heart here. Husbands, love your wives. <laughs> as Christ loved the church, but love your wives and, and give her your affection. I'm telling you, it's, it, it'll be great all the way around. <laughs> it's good for you. Wives, love your husbands. Take the time to hear, uh, be sensitive to their needs and what's going on, but vice versa. It works both ways. If you take the time to see those things, Within the context of relationship, you'll see the gaps that need to be filled, and you'll be able to fill those. And here's the, here's the key. Not necessarily by your own abilities, because we're all weak in certain areas, but by what God gives you to supply to them. And you've been placed in that relationship for a purpose. So in the places that you know that your spouse need, has a need and you can't fill it, you go to your source, and he'll give you some way to fill it. He's faithful in doing it. I speak from experience. Because I am lacking. <laughs> I, I don't have... I don't have... Uh, the ability to, I don't want to say this weird, but um, to meet all of Tracy's needs on my own without Christ. Because I'll, I'll, I'll be selfish in certain instances or I'll be insecure in certain places, right? Am I alone here? <laughs> Am I the only insecure one? Uh, but I can go to the Lord and he will give me a security to be able to build her up in ways that I could not do it on my own. And he does the same for her and I see it all the time. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Sidebar. All right. Squirrel. Verse 15. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. Stop there. If we were just going by law, you could only make judgments on, 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 based on your understanding of what the law says. Okay? How many of you know that perception is a pretty interesting thing? If you've ever heard people debate, man, it'll give you a headache. It's interesting at first, but you're just like, oh my gosh. Most of the time... Most of the time, they're not that far off on agreeing. They're just looking at things from two different angles. And what happens is we take our perception and we make that our reality. That's, that's, that's what happens when we begin to try to make law work in a relational aspect. Because relationships are messy. Law is clean, cut, bam, black and white. Relationships aren't always black and white. That's the reason why I, that's the reason why I see Jesus coming to earth and putting, God coming to earth and putting skin on walking amongst us so he could see and feel what we see and feel. And that's huge to me because if God came down and did all these miraculous things and loved people and did all this stuff and it was just God, then I could say, that's cool, look at God. But no, that was God in flesh. 
together. That causes an issue with me. That means that I can do that same thing. And it should cause an, not an issue. It prompts something in me. It initiates something in me that I have something, I'm capable of more than just what Justin by himself is capable of. And now I have this Holy Spirit with which carries much power. <laughs> and I, I am no longer, <laughs> I say this figuratively a little bit, affected by the leper, but now I can touch and, and change an atmosphere. Not just me, you. You can change the atmosphere of every room you walk into. Listen, Finney would walk into a, a warehouse and people would begin to repent before he even spoke. <laughs> Listen, there is, a, there is a power that we carry and it's very supernatural and it's very kooky when we start talking about it like, ooh, it's all this supernatural stuff. But I'm telling you, I've, I've seen too much. To, you can't unring that bell. When you begin to see things like this, um, you begin to discover that God meets us on, if you have some emotional stress, he'll meet you on an emotional level. If you have some intellectual questions, God will meet you there. God's gracious. Listen, if you have a hearing problem, he'll yell. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, you don't, if, you, if you're more timid and you're afraid, then he'll whisper to you, right? That's how, that's how good our Father is. He takes the time to meet us right where we are so that he can bring us to a place, not so that he can use us, but so that we can actually find real joy. What happens when you... When you and this is also speaking from experience, we begin to, to, to build a relationship with somebody, you get to know them, and you hear their background, you hear their story, and it's very rich, right? You, you, get, you, you hear on the surface, you, whether you admit it or not, you judge everybody you come in contact with. You can pretend like you don't, but you do. You look at the way they dress or what they drive and the, the way that they speak, and you, you create some sort of judgment. I'm not saying you judge them and condemn them to hell. I'm just saying you form some sort of judgment. It's a very natural thing. There's nothing wrong with it. But then you can begin to get to know them, right? And then the layers begin to, it's like an onion. I'm just talking Shrek here. I'm like an onion. You begin to peel back the, <laughs> begin to, <laughs> all things. So, <laughs> so you begin to peel back the layers. You begin, to, you begin to see, you know, this person's history and what they've gone through. And, and, it, and it builds up, right? And you're like, oh, wow. And you begin to get to know them. And, and you, you realize that, you know, maybe some of the judgments you had in the beginning are in, and it shapes how you begin to see them. And that shifts the way that you treat them, right? But it, what it also does is now you find places that you can speak into their lives because now you know a little bit about where they've come from. And what's cool about that is when I went to, I told you when I went to Fayette and I began to speak about my history and growing up with all the abuse and drugs and, and alcohol and just the, all the wild things that I saw, there was one, and this is how, this is how cool God is. <laughs> God was so gracious that one guy got into an argument with his uncle and walked down this road and stopped at the first church he came to, which just happened to be the church that... I drove up there for pastor appreciation because my friend is a pastor up there and he heard my story and he related to it and he got saved that day. For one guy, one guy. Not saying nobody else got touched because I'm a pretty good speaker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Squirrel. Uh, but listen, I, I really think that's so awesome and, and that spoke to me. And listen, that brought me joy. <laughs> I wasn't discouraged by that. I wasn't stressed out by it. That was fun. That I didn't feel guilty the next day about how much fun I had, you know, speaking about my, my past experience and where the Lord's brought me up to this point and then seeing someone now come into the kingdom of God. That's cool. That, that's, uh, that's real joy. Got off the topic again. Person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. We don't make judgments uh, as far as like condemnation judgments, but we now, instead of just going to the law to figure out what's, what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do, 
we actually have a relationship in here from the Spirit day by day, moment by moment, you know, each, each situation by situation about how we're to approach each of these things in the context of love and relationship. So if someone, you see someone needs a correction or what you perceive to be a correction in their life, now we submit those things under the umbrella of love. We okay, take a deep breath, let's spend some time. In the right moment, we're going to talk about this thing, and I'm going to help them walk through this. I'm not just going to tell them, <laughs> get your stuff together. You, you need to straighten up. You need to change. You need to, you need to do more or be better or not do the things that you're doing and do the things that you should be doing. So now instead of just giving good advice, which we can give, we actually give them the good news, which is they are, they are loved, and you begin to build an identity of Christ in them, and from that place they can begin to change from the inside out. Now there's a radical difference in that in just trying to constrain their behavior so they look better and they don't make you look bad. I mean, to, to be honest, I was in a few churches like that where just like, please don't make me look bad <laughs> when you leave this place. So I'm going to give you this whole sermon about trying to act better. Listen, I want you all to act right, I guess, whatever that looks like. And I want to, I, here's what I, here, okay, let's back up. Oh. Don't worry about acting right. I want you all to have good, healthy relationships, basically, within our church and outside of this church. Hey. Hey. Was that, was it reading the Bible to you? <laughs> I uh, another squirrel I got a navigation thing called Waze and it sings to you like a boy band it's pretty funny it's like why <laughs> well there, there's more to it but I'm not going to get into that it also tells you where the cops are so it's pretty funny okay. which was my idea like 10 years ago but I didn't pursue it anyway one of my other squirrels that I'm not going to chase anyway <laughs> that's how quickly I'd I get off topic. But a person is not subject to merely human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. He's quoting Isaiah 40, 40, 13. It says, but we have the mind of Christ. It's very, the very end of 1 Corinthians, uh, at the end of, uh, what is that, 16. So but we have the mind of Christ. So what we learned back when I studied the heart, the heart has its own firing system. You remember that? That's why we can be brain dead and we still continue to live. And even most recent discoveries that the heart reacts to things quicker than the mind does. So the heart will begin to race before the mind even realizes that something's about to happen. And what's interesting is throughout, especially even in a lot of Eastern culture, they still look at that that way, even in medicine, different things. But in Scripture, it constantly talks about Jesus coming into our hearts and renewing our minds, not the other way around. And I think it's important because the heart is what supports us. It's what pumps the blood everywhere. So the, the heart with its own so many, I think it's millions of, neurons, whatever, this whole firing system that it has, when the Lord comes and, and resides in our heart, it begins to supply all of our needs and it renews our mind every day. And so when, when we have the mind of Christ, it's because we have the heart of Christ and it comes out that way, not the other way around. And that's why I, the little song gets on my nerves, be careful little eyes what you hear, little ears, or little eyes what you hear, little ears what you see, because there's something wrong with you. But what that does is it trains our kids to be afraid of everything. And I'm careful with that. I'm not leading our kids just to go do a bunch of stupid stuff. But at the same time, I'm teaching our kids to confront darkness with light because the light always wins. So we're not being careful what we see in here. We're recognizing what we see in here. And even our kids now, and one of them is super police on cuss words, man. She's like, they said a cuss word. I'm like, no, it just kind of sounded like it. <laughs> no, they said it. <laughs> they didn't say it. It just kind of sounded like it. But what, I, what gives me an opportunity, because <laughs> one of them wanted to, get some like kids bop thing and it's all the bad songs they just took the cuss words out but they're still talking about the same innuendos and everything I'm like but
But it gave me an opportunity to say, okay, well, here's what's going on. It's not just the cuss words I don't want you to hear. You'll, you're going to hear some. It's okay if you hear them. Don't, we don't want you to talk like that necessarily um, <laughs> at 11, and uh, <laughs> at least now, currently. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it's what they're talking about. It's the heart behind what they're saying, which leads us to how you should act. It's the heart by, by, behind what you say. You can be just as mean without using a cuss word. I've heard many people in churches be super mean, and they didn't cuss a lick. And I've heard, oh, man, <laughs> I've heard people that cuss like a sailor minister to people better than I've seen some people in churches. Now, that may mess with your theology a little bit, but I, I don't care. And I've said it before, you're, God's less concerned with your, your co-worker's language than he is your uh, poor attitude towards them. Listen, if, if, we're to be, if we're to be, I keep wanting to say used by God, but that sounds bad in our terminology, but we are. And, and if we're going to be conduits of the Holy Spirit and we're going to speak life to people, we can't run around holding our hands over our eyes and our ears and hiding and waiting for God to come back and rescue us. Because he sent the Holy Spirit with heaven with it. <laughs> He's like, look, all of these things, mind, you know, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard what, I'm going to, what I have for you. It's so great that you're going to go and do all this crazy stuff and it's going to be really cool, but it's okay. I'm with you. To the ends of the earth, I will be with you, and I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you, and I'm always with you. That, that should be the wind in our sails to be doing things, not act right so that you can get right, and you can make other people act right so they can get right. No, receive life so that you can give life. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're walking around looking at dead like zombies. You're walking around looking at dead people that need life. They just need life, man. Um, it's not our ability to hear that we depend on, it's his ability to speak. Going back to resting in knowing who God is. It's not our, we have made this whole question, and I collectively in the church, why don't we hear from God more? How, how does, what does God sound like, or how can I hear from him? And we've, put, we've placed it on ourselves, on our own inability to hear, and not have the faith in his ability to speak to us. We have to take this whole shift of taking all this off of us and putting it on him because he's got big shoulders and he can carry it. He's fully willing to speak to you in any way that you're willing to hear from him. It's like a station being tuned in. You can go from one end of the dial on AM to the other end, but if he's on FM, you're not going to hear anything. I mean, all you have to do is listen. It's not complicated. Rest and listen. Every time that the Lord, I call them downloads because sometimes they're too much. I'm like, slow down. (laughs) I can't take all this in. But usually it's early, early, early in the morning, sometimes too early because I like to sleep. But Sometimes 4 or 5 a.m., and I wake up, and I'm just like, oh, I just got all this revelation. I'll just start writing it down in my phone. It's just the Lord speaking to me. And I'll get in the Word, and I'll begin to read. And I'm like, oh, man, it just ignites something in me. And that's what the Word of God does. It just it ignites something in you. And you begin to, to feel life, like real life. And it's like, oh, this is good. I like this. This is what I'm designed to do. This is what I'm made to do. This is Christian life, <laughs> not look more like a Christian, like a big Christian. A real real big Christian. Uh, you cannot tame your flesh to hear the voice of God. Just rest in, in the Spirit and simply listen to your dad. Um, uh, Luke 24, 32, you don't have to go there. I just got a couple of scriptures that I liked. It said, they asked each other, we're not, after Jesus had appeared to them and spoke to them, he said, disciples gathered around, they said, we're, we're not our hearts burning with, within us while he talked with us on the road. When, when, when the Lord speaks to you, you will feel a burning in your heart. It's, it's a reality that you find yourself in that's amazing. 
there's no question about it. Um, and later on, I think it was down in 40, 45, it says, then, then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. How many of you, when you first got saved, really struggled reading through the Bible? I had to get a, somebody recommended and I got the paperback. Uh, I wasn't a teenager at the time, but it was the teen study Bible. And I found it the other day after we moved. I found it in a box and it was, you know, half broken in half and, but had all my stuff jotted down. But I didn't know, I didn't know about how the Jews live. I didn't know any of the history. I didn't grow up in church. And so when I started reading, I was like, I don't get any of this. But was, uh, the Lord put a friend in my life and said, hey, check, you, this is, was really good for me when, when I was saved when I was younger check out this Bible, and it gave the history of what was going on, the culture, and it gave some context to what everybody was saying and why they were saying it. And so what's cool about that is the Lord was gracious in that. I was ignorant, and he was like, I'll help you. <laughs> I'll help you be less ignorant. So if you don't understand, the Holy Spirit will help you understand, and he'll bring the scriptures to life. And they, they will be a reality to you. They won't just be a history lesson. So... Uh, we get to the why. This is kind of where I wanted to wrap up. We're pretty close. Relationship determines how we hear from God and how we speak to others. How we see God is how we're going to treat other people because we're going to, we're going to, this, these are the quotes that I got from Brian last week. And, uh, it says, if God wants gentleness to come out, of your, come out in your life, what will he give you? He'll give you gentleness. If God wants forgiveness in someone, what must, what must we first receive? Forgiveness, right? We are, the, the whole R&D thing, we receive and distribute this life that we have. Uh, one story I'm, I'll tell you real quick, and I'm not going to, we don't have to go to the scripture, but I've preached from this. Uh, I think the first message, yeah, it was the first message that, that Ben came and visited back in the deeper life days. I talked about the woman at the well. I probably preached five or six sermons on that because that story has so much in it. Um, but even this morning, I started thinking about it again. And what's cool is, you, most of you guys know the story. Um, it's a Samaritan woman. Samaritan Jews don't get along. They consider them half-breeds. Uh, basically they were kind of racist towards each other they didn't like each other and uh they certainly didn't talk and they didn't share cups for sure that was one of the things she mentioned so she walked miles they had plenty of springs in their town but she walked miles outside of the town why she had five husbands she had a sketchy history she walked she was avoiding people she came out to a well to meet a jew <laughs> like great here's this guy and so jesus says hey can you give me a cup of water and she's like what are you doing we don't drink out of the same cups we don't associate with each other and uh he was like, you don't even know who I am. If you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink, and I'd give you a drink of living water. And I made um, the thirsty joke that nobody got back then. But anyway, she was like the first thirsty girl. But she, uh, she was searching for relationships and, and five husbands. She said, I know you ha- you're, you've had five husbands, and the man you live with is not your husband. And she's like, what are you, a prophet? <laughs> he was like, look, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water, and I'd give you living water. And so she tried to divert and say, well, we worship on this mountain, you worship on this mountain. Da, da, da. He was like, no, nah, you don't get it. This is who I am. And, and, and what it was, what does a wife look for in a husband? Security, uh, provision, right? Uh, uh, safety, love, right? Jesus' voice pierced her heart that day. And she went back to a town that, of people she was trying to avoid and spoke to them about him. Something in her awakened Gave her life, right? She went back and spoke to all these people. What was cool is they all believed, but then they went and found Jesus, and they're like, oh, we believe because of her, but now we believe because we hear from you. So they got it. I mean, they got to have a relationship with the Lord because of that. And what's cool about that is all she did was receive and distribute. She went to the well to get some water. She left her pots. (laughs) 
She wasn't thirsty anymore. Here's the cool thing that I just discovered this morning, too, is when the, the disciples came back with food, Jesus said, I'm not hungry. And they're like, what, what are we going to do with all this food? They didn't say that. I put that in there. But they came back with all this food, and, <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus said, I'm not hungry. I have something greater. I've, <laughs> I'm not hungry because I've been fulfilled with something greater. My Father has given me something. And what, did, what did the Father give him? Satisfaction of sharing with someone else. This is that joy I was talking about when you, you give that person a hug and you care for that person. Listen, you, your immediate physical needs begin to fade away because you are being fed by something greater. Not only are you feeding other people, but you're fed at the same time. How cool is that? Listen, an, an attack on relationships only says one thing, that we're doing the right thing. Uh, I said this in the church in Fayette too and I always say it here all the time the signs of a healthy church or the signs of a, a, a to me the signs of a healthy church are good healthy relationships it's not how many people we have how much money we have how many buildings and projects we have but to me the, the sign of a healthy church are the relationships within that church and I want nothing more than for you guys to have the most meaningful relationships with the Lord in here and the most meaningful relationships with one another yeah um, that did you have a mic in your pocket? I happen to have a mic. <laughs> that was hilarious. Donahue has a mic. No. Uh, that, that, that makes, if it's turned on, it works better. That makes a whole lot of sense based on the fact that kind of one of our key verses is, is the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and mind, soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That verse speaks of relationship with God in relationship with each other. And that's the very thing that the, that the devil hates yeah. and everything he tries to destroy because that's the most important thing. And it's not either or, it's both and. Those are, yeah. those are not mutually exclusive, certainly not. They are very much tied together. You, and I've heard people say they love the Lord and they hate people. And I go, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not going to say that you don't love the Lord, but you got to love people if you love the Lord. And that's, that's the, the other key that we have to realize that the battle that we're fighting is not against flesh and blood, but it is against its, its principalities and heavenly realms because it's easy for us to fight what we see. It's a little more difficult for us to take a step back and fight what we don't see. But that's where we actually win the battles. You see? When, when the scriptures tell us that it's spirit talking to spirit, you can't use your natural man to understand things in the spirit. It's foolishness. Listen, a lot of what we talk about in here with grace and truth to a person who doesn't understand it is very much foolishness. Listen, when Jesus says you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood and you don't really understand what that means, you're going to be like, check please. <laughs> this guy's crazy, right? Especially if you're a Jew, that's the least kosher thing you can do, right? Doug talked, we talked about that a few weeks ago. That's at the bottom of the list. No, <laughs> of all the things you ask us to do, that's what you're going to ask us to do. Uh, that's, this is hard. This teaching is hard. I love that. Um, this is hard. I mean, I'm here. But this is hard. I love speaking to Peter, too, in the reinstatement of Peter when he says, look, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Here's another great thing, and I'll leave you all with this, because this, this, this helps me rest. We think it's the reinstatement of Peter, man. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, feed my sheep. Um, and Paul will talk about it, phileo, and do you like me? And we're not going to get into all that, but listen, he's saying, go, go feed my sheep. You love me, you love people, Right? What's Peter? Well, immediately, what does Peter do? I don't know if you caught this. What about John? No, no, no. John wrote it, so what about the disciple whom Jesus loved? I love the disciples. They're so funny. They're like, 
they're like us. I mean, they are, they're just like us. They're just goofy. Yeah, they're like real people. And that's why this is truth. You know, they didn't sugarcoat any of this. Immediately, Peter goes, what about John? And he's like, listen, I, that's none of your business. Basically, that's none of your business. If I, wanted, if I want John to live forever, he can live forever. I don't, that's none of your business. And they're like, is John gonna, what's going to happen with John? That's not what Jesus meant. But here's the thing. Immediately, Peter, Peter knows the Lord. He loves the Lord. He's going to feed the sheep. He's on board. And, he, and you can see he is used radically, but even in, in, in spite of his jealousy of John's relationship with Jesus. But do, you lo- but do you love me as much as John? Right? Isn't that how we are? Listen, he still had his insecurities. He still dealt with what he dealt with. I mean, he, we, we discount, we, and here's what we do. We discount how easily we can hear from the Lord is one thing. I want to bring that to light. Don't discount how easy the Lord can speak. He can speak to you in dreams. He's moving while you're sleeping. He can speak to you in dreams and visions. He can speak to you in a movie. He can speak to you in your, in, in your drive to work through a friend. He can speak to you in many different ways in many different ways. I'll say that twice. Many different ways. Um, don't, don't make light of it because it is so easy. Now, let me see. Don't make light of it because it's so easy, but also don't make light of the opportunities that, that God places in front of you because as I've, as I've walked with the Lord for a while, um, I'm realizing more and more that there are a lot less coincidences than I thought. <laughs> and I don't want to sound super spiritual, but I'm telling you, uh, there are a lot less just coincidences and many more divine appointments that I've just taken light, lightly and not really gone after. Amen. I mean, real simple stuff. And I'm not trying to beat you up about it. Listen, I've probably missed thousands of them. But keep your, keep your radar up, right? Keep your antenna up. Keep, keep tuned in. Just listen. See stuff, do it. Listen, hear, rest. This is a real basic thing. It's a, it's a simple message. The, the simple gospel. This is not complicated. All right, stand up with me. I'll pray for you guys. <clears throat> Father, I, th- I thank you that we can rest in uh, your ability to strengthen um, our trust in you, to strengthen our relationship with you, and to strengthen our relationship with other people. So, Father, I, I pray that as we we just take a deep breath in here, Lord, that we inhale your love and your grace and your truth, and we exhale the same thing to everyone around us. So, Father, as we leave this place, um, especially the ones that we find that think they are less than, um, Lord, I pray that you would just open our eyes to that so that we could build them up. Lord, the places and the relationships where we have fallen, where we have failed, Father, I pray that you, you help us to recognize those. And the cool thing is you don't just beat us up about them. Lord, you supply those needs for us so that we can build them up. And so, Lord, we don't rest and we, we don't uh, trust in our ability to hear, but, but you, in your uh, amazing supernatural ability to speak to where we can hear. And so I thank you that, that, um, that as we are receptive and we are tuned into you, Father, that we, we resonate with, with all of heaven. Lord, we resonate with your love and with, with uh, your glory, and we spread that everywhere we go. Lord, help us to change the atmospheres of, of uh, all the people that are around us this week. And, and, uh, and as Thanksgiving, all the family members and even the ones that frustrate us, Father, help us to have uh, that same patience that you gave us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.